0: As we get to step in today, especially for the high holy days of Christianity, we want to actually take this holy day and try to make it incarnate again. The the way we see this happening is not by just looking at a historical event, because if incarnation, if resurrection is only historical, then actually has no generative life-giving ability today. But the things that we form, the things that we've shaped, the ways that we have named actually have to go through the Easter event, they have to be crucified, they have to die in order for that which comes back to be the incarnation of Christ again. So today, Mm -hmm. to do this, to be able to name this, to be able to dialogue a little bit, we're gonna be looking at two paintings, one from the Renaissance of a white Jesus in the tomb, and one that just happened recently that was to celebrate the new millennium the catholic reporter invited a bunch of people worldwide to say what would christ look like if he was incarnated today and out of 19 countries and 1678 representatives they said that christ would look like sir wendy beckett a black indigenous womanist voice being able to speak truth to power
1: and I think it's, it's interesting, though, like like with um, the painting of Holbein's like the body of the dead Christ, because like, like Holbein did something that like it, that, at least from my understanding, um, no other painter had done at that point was actually because like there's this notion of, of, of the crucifixion. So painting like, you know, the idea of painting the crucifix and then painting the resurrection, um, but to actually sit in the in the actual tomb with the body of Christ. Uh, was something that was unique to their time. And and again, like, you know, so I want to give props for props to do because he actually pushed the conversation forward to actually give another image of Christ. But this image is also rooted in their social context, their social imagination of what Jesus could possibly look like as Europeans, right? So, um, you know, we have the benefit today to see the image of Christ from a global perspective because through technology and everything else, we have a very global perspective of, of what humanity looks like.
0: And what I really like in this is, um, this says something of of the reason why we need to experience the Christ event and the Easter um, season as a living thing is because for Hoban in that time, um, he actually did name something needed. They would rush past from Good Friday to resurrection. They wouldn't tarry in the negative. They wouldn't sit in a place of discomfort, which every gospel actually names how the disciples they ran they were frightened luke goes as far as to say that jesus popped up and kind of was like why are you guys all buried in a room freaked out about who's going to come for you so he he brought the um new incarnation of christ that his time period needed Mm -hmm. where i think we get in trouble is we try to freeze time period and say christ is a historical event and sometimes we give license to the renaissance painters and say they represent because it's so far behind us that we make it historical and therefore untouchable again, but we fail to see the living tradition, that dynamic system of saying, we need to be able to see and name Christ for the, um, like one of our favorite philosophers, John Caputo says that we can experience God as projectile and God will never be projectile, um, pardon the pun, if he's always just a empty cartridge laying on the floor that we picked up from a past event.
1: Yes that is a gun metaphor for everybody who does not utilize weapons in that fashion I just want to uh, put that out there
0: but yeah uh, I'm American I'm from the country so gun metaphors are
1: readily yes. accessible so Holbe- Holbein represents semi-automatic Jesus <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, to be f- I'm not gonna go down that rabbit trail but yeah um, so we, we we, we have that, that kind of sense of it, that what he did was needed, but not final. What he did mm. shook the system there. It incarnated or reincarnated, if you're comfortable with the language, the image of Christ to be able to say, how do we experience and wrestle with? But it was good for then. It's something that we can honor, like you said, let's give him his due. But it still leaves us with a demand on us to say, what does what shape what image what icon need to come forth to once again um trouble the text for us to upset Mm -hmm. the event so it's not just historical
1: no absolutely um but and and i think like like at least for me it's very easy to get lost in the language of historical. Like when we talk, when we start talking about historical Jesus, which is a good thing mm-hmm. that we need, we actually need to talk about. So, we, okay, first century Palestinian Jewish man, right? So what would historical Jesus look like? And then, but we can get lost there. So focused on looking back to say, what does the historical Jesus look like that we forget to actually see the image of Christ in our present context. And I think one of the things that uh, when, when we look at Christ throughout history um, and it wasn't until really we began to have more of a, like, you know, like Europeans began to have more global domination as a sense that we we began to see white Jesus as the only representation of Jesus. Because when you, mm-hmm. when we look at art, like uh, different artifacts that come forward from different, different periods of time and different places, like Jesus was Egyptian, Jesus was Chinese, Jesus was Indian, Jesus like, so like the places that that, 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 that the gospel landed or, 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 or the, the way the message of Christ landed. It was incarnation. It was like it was in, incarnationalized. If, if that's a word. Incarnationalized. Incarnated. It, it was incarnated into that context, um, and so it, it's like it, it's one of those things where, like, for European Jesus. Like it's natural that we actually see European Jesus, but it's also interesting fitting that we, as we come forward, that that's the body we actually see in the grave, because in order for the Jesus of today, the, 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 in, the for Jesus to be incarnated in this moment, we actually have to let that version of Jesus die. Right. Wow. And so for me, seeing these two images juxtaposed back and like back to back is a really powerful image, um, for just simply for that fact that we actually see this version of Christ that was helpful in a moment, white, like white Jesus was actually helpful to European Christians, but when Europe, but when it became a symbol of power versus a symbol of the cross, or the cross became a symbol of power versus a symbol of um humil- ultimate humility, like to, to, to you know the quote from Philippians chapter two, um, we are we definitely need a new image of Jesus coming forward. And that new image of Jesus coming forward, which I really love, like the Jesus of the people painting uh, of a black, and, a black and indigenous woman, uh, because like that's who Jesus, that's who we would find, like, I think the gospel present with in this day and age. Like that's that's where the message would, and I think the message does emerge actually, when we look at everything that's happening mm-hmm. around us, who are the people who are calling us to be the people of God in the most provocative and and transformative ways right now?
0: Uh. No, that's good. And I, I really like that. Some of um, it, we do honor to the stories that brought us here, but in that we recognize um, with a famous saying of God, save me from God. It's like, we recognize that however we construct, however we understand that there are parts of the system that must die. Like we have to go through in this faith cycle that we have, which is why artists are so important. Artists remind us of the impermanence. Artists remind us of our situatedness, that they say, um, we need to push boundaries. We need to de-center, we need to reconstruct. And they try to give new meaning and meaning making signifiers for a world to gather around and say that what we had was good, was helpful for a time, but it had to die. Like in an essence, it had to be crucified in order for it to be resurrected again. And this Mm -hmm. time the resurrection took on a new embodiedness which actually plays well with the gospel narrative. When Jesus comes in and they, um, Paul described it as there, what was a um, physical body became a spiritual, and he's playing with the kind of material it's made of, but it was still tangible. But what was had to be resurrected into what will be. And so the Christ that was for white Jesus gets resurrected in the voices that can tell us, This is where righteousness doesn't go. This is where Christ would sit with those who are outside. This is the Jesus who would destabilize, unsettle and trouble the text of the establishment of the people who thought they had a right to power and say, no, there's a way of neighbor. There's a way of love. There's a way of non-coercive community building. There's a way of taking the cross off of the shields of Rome and leaving it empty because faith demands that we sit with each other. And that always means that the systems we have that cost human life must die, must be crucified so that when the resurrected can come and we go through that in multiple cycles of life, I think this makes makes it tangible, visceral because the Christ that gets resurrected here is one that you wouldn't recognize if you were raised in Western
1: traditions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, but I think that's like, that also speaks to the gospel narrative, right? Because when the, the disciples first encounter Jesus, it's a Christ that they do not recognize, right? So you have the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus who spend all this time and, and they're they, they, even to the point where they sit down and they share a meal. And it's not until the bread is broken um, that their eyes are open. They're like, this is Jesus. Right. And 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 I think like, we have that, that, I think in our in our day and age around us today, mm-hmm. it's like where are the spaces that Jesus is present, present, but we don't recognize mm-hmm. His presence there, or mm-hmm. her, like like, and I say His because like you know you know what I mean, but yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't recognize the Christ presence there, and mm-hmm. and and in order to actually move the ball forward, like what like what is it going to take to open our eyes to that presence?
0: Well, and actually, um, especially with referencing the road to Emmaus, what I really like with that reference is. In that story, as it says, um, Christ was sitting with them, unpacking the scripture. They said there was, something vis- there was something embodied. They said, was our hearts not burning? But then it gives a term that says Christ opened the scriptures to them. So this idea of experiencing the resurrected Christ and those around us and being able to see, to experience the name and to say God is there. Because n- most of the time we spend our time trying to argue how God is with me that God is here, but to be able to look at people and say God is resurrected there, it took the grace of Christ to open things, the text up, not mm-hmm. just the text of Luke, not just the t- text of the scriptures they received, but I would go as far as like some of the postmodern critique that our lives are like embodied texts that the stories we tell, that in the texts of each other, that sort of textuality, it takes the touch of God, the touch of Christ to open up so that we can witness it. Mm.
1: That that too is by power of God. Yeah. No, definitely. That's good, man. And 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 like, like like I love that that like like that the imagery of the didn't our or the language of didn't our hearts burn within us? Because I think they're... Like I, I think we romanticize that language and make it positive, truthfully, right? Like we make it completely positive and say, "Didn't so like, like oh, I felt very warm and fuzzy about that." That's you know, but I don't think that's what that's what's happening, right? Because mm-hmm. like again, we're being they're being confronted with literally their, their their friend who their their friend, their rabbi, their their teacher, their 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 master, their whatever language you want to put there, who who has been crucified violently in front of them. And so that, that, like, didn't our hearts burn in our chest? Is 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 more about, I think, a desire, if you will, that, that 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 transcends the warm and fuzzy feelings. But this notion that something true is happening in front of us. There's something that's resonating, um, like there, in a sense. There's an energy that that that, that is bubbling over, um, that is forcing us to, to to confront the things that, like 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 we like in their minds, Jesus is dead. But our hearts are bubbling over, saying, "No, Jesus is alive in front of us, right?" Like there's something happening there. There's an energy that that cannot be that cannot be shaken. If that makes sense, right? So it's not about warm and fuzzy feelings. It's about are you being stirred by justice? Are you being stirred by 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 the resurrection? Um, I think to, to 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 notice where Jesus actually is. Does that make sense?
0: It, it does. It does. But I was, I was just like finding funny because I was hearing it differently through um, the voice of James Cohn. Is like. He, um, It wasn't a burning because they're feeling the energy. It was a burning because they were haunted by the life that was taken by the systems they accepted as normal around them. Mm. They were haunted by the death they had just witnessed and could not experience Christ yet. And I would say in the same way for Western readings, we're haunted by all the people that have been sacrificed to the systems. That we know something's burning about injustice, about Uh, oppression about abuse we know something burning calling the saying there's a kingdom beyond just this that's not quite resurrected to us yet Mm. but it's because we're still being haunted by the crimes that we had witnessed by the systemic oppressions that are around us by these the sins of the system that we live and breathe and we're not yet being stepping into or called into that moment to where the text gets, um, opened to us, the more that we close our eyes to those systems that cause the death of Christ, the less able we are to actually see the text open to explain how something better could come.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And and I, and I don't think we're even saying something so different. Like, like for me, the energy is really connected to that, that, to exactly what you're saying. Right. Because, I think we walk around today, uh, like, 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 just say, like, like just to bring it into our context today. Like when you, when you walk past injustice, there's something that comes, there's something inside of you that burns, right? Like we, like we, mm-hmm. we are, doesn't matter how callous you are. It doesn't matter how much you want to ignore it, right? Like th- we are fine tuned to actually acknowledge witness and respond to injustice. It actually takes a, 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 I think an intentional ignoring, of injustice for us to actually ignore it, and I think that's where this this burning, this this rubbing, this tension comes from. Is if there's something that's calling us to be to, to to move towards, like to be the to be the cause of justice, and there's something inside of us also resisting that call.
0: Oh, I really like that, especially um, for that moment to say that every t- every moment that you feel that actual drive towards justice that where you see injustice where you see these systems that would have killed christ and still killing others and you feel pulled towards the one that would be victimized by that it, it's that touch of of god in those moments that is that opening that pull of that energy that's awesome and it makes me think sitting between the two paintings that we're looking at it is trying to hold on to one as the permanent where we try to hold on to, no, no, it it reached perfection in what was Holben um, by the by the looking up the realist paintings like what 16th century,
1: uh, 17th century German realists,
0: good old Germans. We owe a lot to them for text. I like them, but for this, if we held that and went, well, no, this was the time of Christ. That this is the only sacred, and not actually experience the. The new calls of justice for those people and events that are missed. Which makes me wonder like, um, this is, like it says, Jesus 2000 on this painting. But I would hate to think that we, we freeze and timestamp at any point. Um, and I'd be curious to see what this looks like for Jesus 2030. Hopefully, we can say it'll look like a different Jesus it's to our discredit if we ignore that burning within us yeah. towards the one to where we say, Oh yeah, we can just put
1: up the same picture because nothing's changed. Yeah, no, exactly. Or, and, and I think like sometimes like, you know, and I think we do it out of a sense of wanting to, 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 to observe um, out of an act of reverence is that we crystallize the image of Jesus in front of us. Right. And so we don't want it to change because like, because we think it's irreverent, to allow Jesus to evolve in front of us in a sense. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think like, 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 I, like, I can't help, but think of the, 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 uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the word, the, the sculpture, sort of the sculpture that was done in a church. I can't remember the, where the church was, but it was homeless. Jesus. It was Jesus sleeping on a bench. And uh, the neighbors in that community around that church, like there were so many calls into the police to say, hey, uh, we have a vagrant. We have somebody that shouldn't be here and undesirable or whatever. And that was that was it was literally a, a statue of Jesus in their midst. Right. Um, and, and, and I think that for them, they couldn't see the evolution of Jesus in, in, in the homeless people that they encounter in the, you know, you know in, in the people in front of them. Right. And so I think like I, I think that the, the Jesus of the people painting is a beautiful is a beautiful painting. And I think it really does depict a certain moment in time, you know, around especially like this painting is done in 2000. Um, it was I think it was looking very future forward to like 2021. Right. But here we are mm-hmm. almost like we're 21 years in, in, into it. And let's let's be honest, our social imagination hasn't changed You know, in, in a way that like this painting is actually more relevant than it probably was in 2000 in this moment because we're seeing we're seeing more injustice we're seeing, and, and maybe, maybe it's a maybe it's a technological shift that we're just being able to witness it more i don't know what exactly i can you know i don't want i don't want to i don't want to pretend like i have like i have a an answer and i know that i know all the details around that but reality is in 2021 um this painting of jesus is probably the most relevant version of this uh, uh, like relevant painting still but at the same time we have like I, I hope that as we respond to the injustice around us, as we feel that burning in our hearts, you know, didn't our hearts burn as as, as we sat with this with with, with the image of Christ, um, that this image will evolve, evolve right in front of us. We, 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 will, we will be moved to to eradicate injustice in every form around us. And so at what point does like what does Christ look like? post injustice like that that's that's like it's interesting like like for me that's the question that's kind of burning in my head right now
0: hmm. and actually like the um, prophetic response to this is if we can say that this was the year 2000 jesus and that's when this was done and it's 2021 and we're like well no nah, no nah, it's good we can just hit reprint like you said our prophetic imagination has not been affected by resurrection in such a way that we can say that the same people who were sacrificed towards a system in the year 2000 are sacrificed today. It would, it would almost be for um, if we're going back because Easter, we like to go historical to the first century. We're like, no, we're still crucifying revolutionaries. We're still crucifying those who would say the system needs to change. Cause that's why Christ was crucified. He said the system actually works the way it's supposed to. And the system's junk. We need a new way. Yeah. And that that would actually call us like if we can say that we'd still fill the crosses with the same people before, then maybe we need to actually crucify the systems we have. The actual modus of beings that we have that demand these same people are the ones that have to pay the
1: price for social order. Definitely. Definitely, yeah, and, and I, I can't help but but think that, like in this day and age, it's still the it's still the religiously comfortable um, mm-hmm. that that are yelling. You know, I mean, we have no we have no king but Caesar, so crucify Christ. You you know what I mean? And I and I still like, unfortunately, those calls are echoing in the in the very church buildings around us, you know, well, you know to this day.
0: And I would say if we just updated the language since at least for North American standards, we're not comfortable with king. So we wouldn't say we have no king but Caesar. But if you find yourself yelling law and order, law and order, we're a people of, we're a nation of law and order. We need Mm -hmm. systems. We actually do need rules that those things are real. But when human life is sacrificed and you yell law and order, it is the same Mm -hmm. logic by which you had the rule the ruling party say it is better that Jesus die than for us to have a revolt against Rome because we need law and order. Yeah. We may not name King cause we're uncomfortable there, but we still have the same basic cry in it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and and, I, and it's interesting. Cause like, I think like when we move to this notion of like law and order and, and like, let's be honest, like that's, that's coded language when Mm -hmm. we hear that, but when we move to the language of law and order, we have to forsake justice because justice, you know, to to quote Augustine, like like an unjust law is no law at all, right? So like the idea of law and order is is just, okay, whatever the laws are, let's follow those laws. Let's have order. We do not want anything that would disrupt the boat. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to rock the system. Um, And so justice is not compatible with law and order. Law and order is actually, to me, the antithesis of of justice, like people would say, no, no. Well, the antithesis would be uh, anarchy. Anarchy is not the antithesis of justice. That's the antithesis of law and order. You this does that make sense? Right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not the antithesis. I mean, sorry, I I've mm-hmm. I, I, I jumbled my words, but you get what I'm trying to say. The antithesis is actually justice, yes. right? Of of law and order. And sometimes anarchy is actually like like I'll be honest. Like sometimes anarchy is the solution. We need a little bit of chaos in order for us to disrupt the system enough. So that we can actually say, this is where the system is broken. Yeah, I would disagree there for
0: just one thing. It's like within anarchy, anarchy is the same drive to power that the established order is. It's just a new person trying to grab the power. So mm. with, within anarchy, when you, when you get the tribal, the, the tribal wars trying to rise, you're going to have one group saying all need to bow down and serve a system that keeps us stable it's still going to be the peace of Rome.
1: Uh, but okay. we, have, we, we have very different definitions of anarchy. Anarchy is actually the absence of that. It's actually saying there is no, there is no control. There is no absolute oh, power. So oh, no no, but, I, I get you. I I get you. And I understand that.
0: Um, but when anarchy ensues, it all it generally does is reshift which group is trying to grab for power. So, yes, you say there's no there's no system anarchy by pure definition, but it never exists that way because you have another person rising to power to where I think you're right in saying that the only thing that disrupts anarchy and troubles the law and order system is the call of justice, that justice destabilizes both because it can't be just the right to power for the groups that can can inflict their will as an anarchy and it can't be the expected
1: of law and order uh, we're, we're gonna have to disagree, just agree to disagree on that one because uh because <laughs> yeah because i would say like like i have a very different definition of what anarchy and even the, the use of anarchy but that's all good that's that's neither here nor there for what we're right. actually talking about so um just but- justice is the destabilizing agent
0: as opposed to the stabilizing it's the disruptive it's the pause that forces you to actually see what happens
1: I, and I would push that a little bit further. I would just say justice is the result of when things are disrupted, disrupted in ways to like, like it's it bends towards mm-hmm. justice. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the destabilizing agent necessarily, right? Like, like, like the movement towards justice is the state, the stabilizing agent, which is why I would name that movement towards justice could be anarchy, it could be a lot of things. And that's so I, I just there's mm-hmm. there's whatever that movement is. Justice is where we is, 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 is what we're moving towards like so I would just push it in that direction yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Oh absolutely I just see that first step as an act of justice the pursuit of justice I still think is connected it's not the realized it's never that moment that you say justice has arrived because I don't think that ever happens um, but to again go to some of our se- favorite languages like it's the becoming of justice that actually takes
1: away these yeah. systems. Yeah. But 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 I, but but I think that's the hope, though, is that justice does arrive, right? Like in the in the person of mm-hmm. Christ, justice does arrive, and I think that's that's what we begin to look at, not just Jesus in history. Like I'm, I'm not talking about like like a justice has arrived in the historical Jewish, you know, palace, first century Palestinian Palestinian uh, Jew uh, of you know Christ. Uh, yeah. I'm saying that justice arrives in 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 the Christ in the, in that sense, and so. As we talked about the evolution, we talked about the reincarnation, like the, the not reincarnation, but the incarnation into mm-hmm. the current context and things like that. Um, we are seeing those steps forward of justice, justice being hope, and justice being played out. And like the hope is then it's like, what is it like? And that's the question, like again, going back to that question. It's like, what does it look like when justice actually arrives? What does that actually look like? What does Christ mm-hmm. actually look like in that moment? Because like you know, we looked at the painting of, of Jesus of the people and was like, that's really relevant right now. Jesus would show up in this way. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. But what happens when justice actually arrives? What does Jesus look like?
0: I don't know, uh, and I like that, especially um, tying again back to the art. When justice arrives and you know, we let go of the semantics of does it fully arrive or not? Because, well, that takes us down long rabbit holes. But when that hope of justice arriving comes, In this art, it shows that justice arrives through the mouth of the one who would have been disempowered within the system to say, justice will look like me being able to name. Justice will look like the black indigenous womanist speaker Mm -hmm. saying, here's how justice can become real. So in, in, in this art, it actually brings us to the resurrection of Christ in the voice of the ones calling for justice. And I think our, the Easter challenge in it is do we answer the call of justice through the voices of the one saying that justice has not reached this far?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, definitely. I think like these these paintings, um, I think these paintings, both of them actually, are, are the artist's interpretation um, causing disruption that mm-hmm. actually moves people towards, towards um, a, a truer picture of Christ, whatever. And, 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 that it doesn't look like a like Jesus crystallized in any, in any one moment, it looks like, you know, it's like, what is Jesus, like Jesus, like a snapshot of Jesus throughout history, throughout history, not just in a historical moment actually look like. And I think both of these ones call us to, to sit with the discomfort of that disruption but then also to move forward and say, hmm. what does it look like for us to participate in the resurrection? Then, what does it actually look like for us to anticipate the resurrected Christ to show up as someone we would not expect in this moment? Um, but those voices around us that are calling have actually been burning within us for a long time. We can actually, we, we've actually been sensing that rub towards justice and 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 our own ignoring of it. We feel the tension because that tension causes friction. That friction creates like that burn like heat, you know what I mean? And I and I feel like yeah. we're seeing in this moment um a lot of people waking up to that tension. Hope, you know, you know and I'm and I'm hopeful that, that 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 tension will continue to push people out of their comfort zones. It'll continue to disrupt. Um, that the voice of of Christ uh will continue to burn in in, in people's hearts in ways that they can't ignore. And I think that's like for me, the hope when we talk about resurrection, when we talk about Easter, um I'm reminded of that hope. I'm reminded of, of, of that calling of justice. Uh, I really appreciate that because it's, um, it's calling us
0: to a living hope so that at any point, even now, if we say 2000 Christ is the end all be all, we've just killed hope. That the living hope, as you said, is one that continually becomes refreshed and new voices going forward. So we can almost look with joyful anticipation because we know we have to build now it's too important justice is too important for us to say we have to wait until we can figure out the system that's flawless we we need to try to, to move towards justice but we can also have the promise of Easter the promise of resurrection is like you said we'll experience resurrection repeatedly as the systems we realize where there's holes as the new art comes forward as we can look back and say that would no longer be the Christ of today. We can actually take that as hopeful and say that means resurrection has been affecting society and us. And like you said, we've been answering that burning call that haunts us to move towards the voice of God in the other that says the movement toward justice is the answer to resurrection. Yeah,
1: amen, amen, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah.